0: If anything um the construction could add to it, you know. Last time, you know, you were bringing something to the table by being horizontal. Yes,
1: I'm si- I'm s- <laughs> I'm sitting up this time, so we're good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a good posture episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another virtual theater bonus show uh, episode of Movies That Whip. Uh, I'm back again with uh, Adrielle. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Sounds like we're
1: both dealing with construction outside of our abodes, but I'm doing great. Construction,
0: we've been dealing with moving, both of us, in in some way or another, so but yeah. we're still committed here to bring you this bonus episode. <laughs> it's been great having the show going now. Uh we were as we said in the last episode, we were going to talk about Avatar, but then I think it was last week or a few days ago, uh there was the sad news of the death of Ray Liotta mm-hmm. and it was one of those it's I th- he was one of those actors where I was sort of like, oh, this this guy's awesome like we should, you know, I I really wanted to, I saw a lot of, like, people posting a ton of different, you know, like, oh, I bet you haven't seen this one, this one, like, these are some hidden gems, and, and the movie we're talking about today was kind of one of those, and so I was like, oh, yeah, like, I would love to, you know, just kind of honor this guy, and uh yeah, I think we chose a great episode for it.
1: Yeah, totally, I I mean, speaking of this movie not being known at all it's it's like really difficult to find this movie anywhere on any streaming mm-hmm. like I I was like just searching like I just did like I have a Roku recently I've heard that Rokus are like um not hip <laughs> that uh like they're like why would oh. you have a Roku no one has a Roku
0: <laughs> what's that's what I have I are we old Let's... I
1: a GUI, I mean, I don't think that having a Roku is what makes us old. I think we're old anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> the Roku doesn't help. But when I was searching the Roku, which granted does not have a great search mechanism, but it, it didn't show up at all. Like There was no memory of this movie existing in the Roku brain at right. all, mm. um, which is crazy to me. I I mean, that's mm. I've never tried to watch a, a mainstream movie mm. like this that seems like... Uh, so forgotten.
0: Well, I think that's b- becoming more a thing for movies like that are m- kind of a little bit older than this, actually. But like, if you look at like, um, there's been a lot of talk of like movies that just aren't on any streaming services, like typically from like before the 80s, I think. But if you look at like the, uh, s- there was like all- someone made these nice charts of like what decade. Um, the movies are from on each particular streaming service and it and it is just like a shame it's like very sad and it makes you think of like how kind of this moving to more digital streaming medium or kind of like losing track of a lot of movies like there's there's literally been movies that are lost you know that they haven't been yeah. updated but then there's a lot that exist in physical form uh like this that you know are just harder to find
1: yeah, and there's, like, the the constant race to be, like, putting out, like, so much new content constantly, and so it's, like, it, it, it comes at a price, right? They're not marketing older, unknown movies that people don't know about, you know?
0: Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, but luckily we got to watch it, at least, so. Yeah, know. and boy <laughs> it, it am I glad
1: there. that I did. Um, It was not at all as I was expecting it to be. I, I was going in yeah. with a lot of expectations, and none of them played out
0: at all. <laughs> yeah, so let's... Well, we can get into it. I don't even think we've said the title of the movie, but you should know by now. We watched the 1994 No Escape film, starring Ray Liotta, of course. I have some more fun background information. This movie was directed by Martin Campbell, who I don't know if you're familiar, but this... uh This guy has a very, I think, fun kind of filmography that I wanted to kind of lay it out. And maybe it'll like help contextualize him a little bit and and sort of like Yeah. So he's a British director. So I was looking at like his filmography, the list on IMDB or whatever, and his first like few movies are from like the mid-70s, and they're all like they're all like these sex comedies. (laughs) Like there's one movie called The Sex Thief. Uh, I saw one called Three for All. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very fun. But I think his first uh, big thing he got recognized for, like awards for, was this uh, 1985 British thriller miniseries called Edge of Darkness.
1: Hmm. which uh,
0: he actually got to remake as a movie in 2010 starring Mel Gibson,
1: what? Um, which is wow. fascinating. Yeah. What a
0: revival. Other things that are noteworthy, though, is in 88, he directed a legal thriller starring Gary Oldman and Kevin Bacon called <gasps> Criminal Law, which apparently reviewed poorly. But I was like, <laughs> wow, that's cool.
1: Well, it's not a great... Uh, well, actually, it's a pretty good title. Like, The Law is Criminal,
0: I'm assuming. Criminal Law. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. It sounds like an action movie a little bit. Uh, like, that's a Seagal title, if any. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I think the most noteworthy thing is he directed my two favorite James Bond movies, which are GoldenEye and Casino Royale.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: He got a crack at Goldeneye. They said, do you want to make another one? And he said something along. I didn't, I don't have the quote, but he said like, he kind of felt like the story was limiting or something. And he said, you know, call me when, you know, another Bond comes along. And they did for Casino Royale. And I think he knocked it out of the park with both of those. I love yeah, both yeah, those They're films. both.
1: They're both super good. So when was, when was Goldeneye compared to
0: No Escape? Uh, I think Goldeneye's 95, I think. So, like, around the same time, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's why I was asking. I was wondering if it was before or after No Escape. It'd be pretty tight if he did No Escape and then the producers or whoever saw it, you know, and they were like, okay, okay, this dude could yeah, do a Bond yep, movie. Yeah, 90,
0: 95, so, yeah, right around the time. Sweet. He also did, it, it gets wilder, he did the Antonio Zorro movies, <gasps> uh, the two that there was. Hell yeah. He made 2011's Ryan Reynolds starring Green Lantern movie which everyone hates. I've never actually <laughs> seen it actually. I've
1: never seen it either. Yeah.
0: 2017 he made a movie that I saw actually in theaters, pretty awesome called The Foreigner starring uh, Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan. Wow. Uh, very Pierce- it's
1: Pierce Brosnan also is in another movie also called No Escape. That one kept coming up a lot when I was trying to find this movie. And I kept seeing and fucking, yeah, fucking Pierce Brosnan with like a beard. And I was like, damn, I'm not in I'm not in the
0: market for this today. You know, we've gone through a lot, but I was like, OK, what's the most recent? This guy's still working. And this year he had a film I think already come out, uh, I think called Memory, and I just read one line and it says, the film stars Liam Neeson as an aging hitman with early onset dementia who <gasps> must go on the run after declining a contract on a young girl.
1: I yeah, I mean, I'm interested.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, as you right. can see, it's like a well, well-traveled director. He's kind of been all over the place in terms of genre and stuff definitely a lot of thrillers and stuff like that but you know no stranger to the action game and then i always got to bring up the van damme connections i think when we oh, have them
1: i was waiting for that
0: <laughs> score by graham Gaval, uh who also did the scores for a ton of movies but i i the ones pertaining to us are hard target street fighter and also he did Laura Croft, Tomb Raider.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Also, I love that those yeah. are the ones pertaining to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's more noteworthy movies in there. Uh, if you but we don't care at, about them. Uh, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, you do Tomb Raider. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> Check.
0: <laughs> okay, anyway, so we can get more into this movie as a whole. It's actually based off of a novel that I I couldn't get a lot of info about but it's still available but the, it's from 1987 and it's called The Penal Colony by Richard mm-hmm. Hurley who's still an active author but uh I you know I looked up a little bit about it and there seems to be some differences and stuff but yeah okay they optioned uh, I guess probably a cheap book I assume to get the the rights for you know
1: Right I mean so I I briefly saw this when I was like I was poking around on the internet to try to figure out specifically what the biblical references were because i know that they exist in this movie but i was oh definitely yeah i I couldn't quite put it together what exactly the allegory was trying to point to biblically but i did notice that that in my research that it was saying that it was based on this novel or short story but doesn't kafka also have a story called the penal colony Am I wrong about that? It's not the same Um, thing.
0: (laughs) You might be right about that. I don't know for sure.
1: I'm sure that they're all referencing each other, right? I mean, a 1987 story that's called The Penal Colony would obviously know that this is, you know, it's probably borrowing a lot from Kafka's Mm. retelling, which I have not read in years also because I'm old. So I don't know.
0: (laughs) A traveler in a penal colony witnesses a complex torture an execution machine that writes in the flesh of the prisoner with needles before letting them die. That's the background for the Kafka.
1: Yeah, that's got Kafka written all over it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the, uh, Richard Hurley one I looked up was more like a guy is wrongly sent to prison or whatever on this island, you know. So it has some similarities in sort of like the setting and stuff like that. But this movie with the main character kind of it takes it in a different direction obviously mhm mhm which okay we might as well actually talk about sort of the story and the world cuz i think it gives it a little bit more of a you know obviously there's like a little bit more of a political sort of like uh backdrop to the movie is right. like as soon as the movie starts it has sort of this uh in the year 2022 the international prison system is operated by private corporations criminals from all around the world are exploited at a profit prisons have become big business.
1: I'm like, okay, well, it's a documentary now, so I yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that this was going to be based on a true story.
0: Yeah, there's a, like a lot of, you mentioned kind of like the biblical references and like there's like this political stuff too. There's definitely like kind of a lot of like, like themes or ideas that are kind of thrown in here that aren't really like, they don't actually don't really like hammer that home, but I think you kind of get, it just gives you a greater sense of the world, you know, and obviously it really plays into the overall story of, like, um, I guess you could sort of look at it as, like, the warden in this movie is just, like, um, looking, he's, like, looking to get Ray Liotta's character because, uh, you know, he's been defiant or whatever, but I also, can, you can also kind of look at it as, like, he's, like, kind of, it's his responsibility to kind of, like, not let this character, like, escape and, like, tell the truth about, like, what our government has done. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think like, I think it all like kind of works pretty well there. Like that sort of story of like, you know, hiding our, our secrets, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you find out as this, as, as pretty late, like in the third act. So the, the premise is that like these prisoners, special prisoners who are extra uh, bad, get sent to this island, this remote island, and they have to live in this penal colony um, under surveillance, but mostly just to kind of fight it out there in this like Lord of the Flies kind of way. Um, but the, yeah, you find out in the third act that the um, that there's this agreement that if you get off of the island that you have to like blow the lid off of this because no one in the, the rest of the world knows that this island exists because the public would like, you know, it, it wouldn't It would not stand up to public scrutiny, supposedly, although this world seems like maybe it it would, like maybe people, I mean, I feel like in present day 2022, people might be like, yeah, yeah, fuck those guys. (laughs) Like,
0: I don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe. Or like, I think, too, we've just kind of seen over and over. This was something Andy and I talked about um, way back when we talked about Sorry to Bother You, where like Mm -hmm. the movie has this element of like he he blows the lid off of like all this stuff the the amazon type company movie is doing in the movie but then like no one cares you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that's i don't know that's not really present in this movie but that's an interesting idea of like it's something we see every day you know we just see it with like what happens with like the police or anything else and it's like yeah, it like all of that has been laid bare now and like still like so many people just do not care or actually think like yeah, whatever.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. Or they're overwhelmed or they think that you deserve it or, you know, or they think it's deep fake or you know, whatever. I mean, it's it's they don't go into that, you know, in this movie that the public scrutiny is not actually something that's ever um like it's never on trial in this movie, but Particularly because it takes place in 2022, which is this year. Like <laughs> it was pretty hard not to like think about it in this like weird present day context for me anyway. Um, but I would on on like just a, a slightly uh, lighter note would like to mention that this <laughs> this movie also takes place uh, the year after Johnny Mnemonic takes place. So it was pretty hard for me to not to to not. Uh, believe that this was happening on the same planet, um, and like thinking that <laughs> oh, maybe sure. they all knew each other. Um, and um, I'll just jump ahead and say it now that <laughs> one of the main characters is from Newark, which is where Johnny Mnemonic takes place. And I oh, so you just have a little head
0: cannon. I
1: absolutely they all they went to high school together. They know each other. This guy got shipped off to the island. Johnny Mnemonic is doing his thing uh, in Newark. Which the movie is very proud of,
0: <laughs> which is where the Sopranos are from, and Ray Liotta was in the Many Saints of Newark. Wow, a lot of Newark connections here. I mean, <laughs> I live we're blowing like, the lid off.
1: <laughs> I live pretty close to Newark, not really, but you know, in terms of the whole world, I'm pretty close to
0: Newark. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been there before. It's all right. We are approaching like every year is like what dystopian, you know, future have we hit now, you know? Like a few years off of some like pretty dark stuff for me as like a Star Trek fan, there's uh, some pretty bad stuff coming up in the next few years that I'm sure we're pretty much on track for. So, that's mm-hmm. one thing that's fun about watching <laughs> all these 90s media trying to predict the horrible future that we live in.
1: Right. And it's such a weird time because the <laughs> 90s were like actually so hopeful and like you know the dot-com kids and bill clinton and every you know the economy is doing great like pamela anderson and tommy lee are like you know having sex on camera and everyone's happy (laughs) at least we look we look back and think that right
0: (laughs) well there's sort of this like underlying in a lot of media at the time this sort of like underlying like like, almost a, like, God, I wish something would happen type feeling, you know? Yeah. Like, break stuff. People always bring up Limp biscuit, you know? It's this, this like, sort of, like, bubbling rage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that is, like, like, almost set the stage perfectly for, like, you know, the gashing wound that eventually, you know, drives everyone insane for the decades afterwards, you know?
1: Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, there is this, like, sort of ennui and, like... Kurt Cobain who was like right on the pulse for like a second and then died you know I mean there's like all of these instances of of culturally that happening especially to people who were you know coming of age at the time
0: so speaking of uh, like predicting the future I guess with this we can talk about Ray Liotta's character John Robbins who is an ex-marine but he is in prison for murdering his commanding officer after being ordered to kill innocent civilians in Benghazi in 2012. Yes! The movie predicted Benghazi. It
1: literally did. I I was like, (laughs) hold on, let me run this back. I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the movie starts out with it, like, it looks like, you think it's going to be some sort of like a World War II movie because of the shot and the music, and it's like all of these people marching and looking... I don't, it looks it looks like it's taking place in like the 1930s or 40s um and then you mm-hmm. just see one of the one of the um lieutenants like fall out of line and just like pull out a gun and shoot the commanding officer and that's the start of the movie that's the first that's the first it's not even a scene it's like the backdrop of the credits that's you know?
0: amazing start yeah yeah um i i do love to the like because the movie it's it it starts like that and then you go to like this amazing vibe it looks like the cover of like a sci-fi novel where it's like the tram and like it almost like like you know the, the like cool painting or like whatever set they did for like the prison they're in and then like but then most of the movie takes place on like it's like lord of the flies you know and you're like out in the woods or like on this colony, and I, I really like that. Like the almost the uh, difference between the settings was very neat.
1: I mean, I, I for like the first half of the movie, I was like, "Is this on another planet?" I can't tell. And it was, it was purely <laughs> just because of those like uh, sort of establishing shots of like this tram going through I suppose the desert or like a wasteland right you know like a, it's it's kind of like yeah I was like
0: is this Mars <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: totally and then there's uh they go to this prison which looks like kind of like a power plant and it's called Leviticus now I understood this biblical reference The the name of the prison of this particular prison is called Leviticus uh, and I I I believe my interpretation of that was that Leviticus is where um it's the part of the Bible where it's talks about judgment and an eye for an eye blah mm. blah um and it's like blood is like a common theme in Leviticus and so I that that checked out like that made sense about like why this is named this um but yeah I mean it totally looks like it's on another planet or <laughs> like I just I was not sure that this was on earth but it eventually it, it all like came, it clicked that this is indeed on the planet earth that we are on in 2022.
0: <laughs> I sort of forgot like the beginning part like if it was cuz it moves the beginning moves so fast. It's it's not till you get to that island that like it sort of really settles down and like this is what the movie's about. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh maybe we're on Mars and they sent him to Earth, I don't know, but uh, you know, it doesn't really matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. It didn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure if at some point we were going to get an alien, and that's kind of what I was waiting for. <laughs> I wasn't mm. waiting for it, yeah, but no I a- was no like, no aliens. No, no,
0: no aliens. It's surprisingly down to earth, you know, uh-huh. from what what the what the beginning would suggest, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I, when he dropped him off on the planet, he like immediate or not the planet, the island. <laughs> On the island that I thought was an alien planet, <laughs> um, he immediately like is like oh kind of um, you know like disoriented, and then like the helicopter like flies away, and then suddenly there's just like a hundred rats on top of him, and I was like, where yeah, are these like, rats Yeah, like out of nowhere, from? rats. <laughs> they never show up again in the movie. It's just at that moment like the rats just descended upon this like new body on the it's island.
0: A little... There's a lot of silliness in the movie, for sure. Um, for a very serious movie, I think. But I do, I love this backstory of the character, too. of mm-hmm. Because we talked about how, like, in the, the novel, it seems like it's, I mean, there's probably more to it, but it's like, you know, it's like about a guy in prison wrong, he thinks wrongly, which they kind of use for other characters, you know? But uh, I like that it does give it this, like, he had sort of this agency of, like, not being, uh, you know, uh, accomplice to, like, war crimes, essentially, you know, that's, I don't know, that, that'll get me behind any character, really, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you, you kind of find that out later on, um, in the story, because you, you are slowly, it's slowly revealing that he has this, like, kind of ambiguous, moral compass, maybe not ambiguous, but complicated, like, he... Um, there are, like, various things. Like, he he doesn't really want to be a part of a community. He's kind of this, like, lone wolf, you know, agent or actor who just wants to get off the island, and he seems sort of selfish. And then you see him have this, like, PTSD moment. Um, and then later, even later, like, in the last half hour of the movie, he, explain, he discloses this trauma of, like, you know murdering all these people um and then you sort of are like okay okay now it's coming together why this character is the way that he is I, and I thought that was really effective
0: yeah because yeah that's with a lot of the characters too is like you sort of um I mean that's what the movie is set to do it's like you sort of like question like do any do who deserves to be here you know like sort of thing does that, obviously no one should be there <laughs> you know but that's sort of like what they're all dealing with you know a lot of them are dealing with um, you know, how, how, how can we be accepted? How do we accept ourselves? Which was the thing I really liked in the movie.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I mean, I um, thought that's what the title was speaking to. <laughs> no escape. The title is, uh, at first it's like, oh, clearly there's like no escape from the island. But like, eventually uh, it clicked also that I was like, oh, yeah, well. Clearly, there's like no escape from all of the past, which sounds cheesy, but I feel like it it was really effective for me. I was like, oh, that's what the no escape is about, right? Like, it's not even about escaping the island, because some people think they deserve to be there. Some people think they they don't deserve to be there. You know, that's
0: something that I wanted to sort of mention, too, is you talk about how that is a little cheesy. Uh, Like, I like, though, how, like, the movie is very earnest, you know what I mean? And so I think that's, something that I really love in a movie like this and, and things I'm okay with like things verging on a little you know a little too cheesy I'll kind of take that over sort of a detached you know quippy whatever movie any day for sure
1: yeah I hadn't thought about that about how the cheesiness didn't bother me at all because the movie is so
0: earnest <laughs> that's a really good point though <laughs> when you said the title I was like escape from Absalon because I read that's like one of the other titles um, but Absalom, that's like another one of the uh the biblical references i believe uh which mm-hmm. i don't i don't actually recall what that actually meant was that the um biblical oh no, I wrote it down actually the son of David, king of Israel, who eventually led a revolt against his father so some i feel like some a lot of these biblical references are just like they're very It's it's just very true. It it states like what it is. It's like, oh, this is about a guy, you know, kind of leading a revolt against this, you know, against the king.
1: Wow. You, um, that made way more sense (laughs) than I, I was, I was getting way too deep with it. I was like really learning the story about like who he, like the, the reasons he was revolting. And I was like, this doesn't, this is not clicking for me at all. And I was like, who is Absalon here? Who is like, I was like, um but that makes way more sense when you say it like that. <laughs>
0: I was sort of reading about how he kind of like, he was able to like get some of the like, sort of appealing to those who were the have-nots, you know what I mean? And I, mm-hmm. I sort of feel like that is sort of a theme in this movie of like these people who have been treated this way, like kind of banding together, which is very nice.
1: Yeah, although there is like a, a, some sort of a direct um, paternal theme going on here um and I'm not really sure what like what that like what how that plays in and it didn't really follow through I don't think in the um in the movie there, there are two bands of people of prisoners and um one is like a smaller commune of people who are like trying to get off the island and trying to like establish a society So so in some ways they're trying to get off and then like spread the word about how fucked up it is that this island exists. Um, But some people in the community just want to stay there and live there. But then there's this other band of people which outnumbers them six to one, which they talk about in the movie. Um, And they're cannibalistic and violent and, um, you know, masochistic. But there's like a, a part where the leaders of both of the tribes, one of them calls the other one father several times and i wasn't sure if this was literal or not and they did not follow up on it and it didn't really bother oh. me but did you well, did you catch this
0: i i didn't think about it that way just cuz like literally lance hendrickson's character goes by the father like that's what they all call him you know right so like i didn't think of i didn't think much of it when the bad guy called him that you know
1: huh cuz i was like why would the bad guy how would the bad guy who, who was like the like I don't know what his name was but he um, um, I was like how, how would he know this?
0: Well it's awesome well because uh, well, it seems like they've interacted before so like they probably have a rapport you know of like huh. feuding the the bad guy's name is Walter Merrick <laughs> which is a great <laughs> bad guy name
1: it's also so hilarious it sounds like that's such like a white collar criminal name and this dude's like a cannibal
0: <laughs> well the, okay let's let's talk about that character real quick because i thought he was great he was played by Stuart wilson who i, I looked up he's kind of like a 90s character actor he's often a bad guy and i thought the same thing he felt like more like the guy in Die Hard who's doing coke that's trying to like sell him out to totally uh hans gruber like that kind of guy he's he seems like he's on this island because he did like tax fraud or something you know what i mean right
1: right but i
0: I love that because it felt like like they don't explicitly state it, which I think is true of a lot of the characters of like, it's really just kind of how the actors portray them that builds the character. But I think he does it so well um, because uh, he yeah, he represents that. And I love that that kind of guy went like goes to this island and embraces like that sort of like give me anything attitude, you know, and he like goes feral pretty much.
1: Yeah, he definitely goes feral. Uh, Yeah, no, he was awesome. He was so great. I, um, I, I think that I must have. I think that there was also a line where he's like, "It's personal" or something, which does not mean that he has to be the son of the other like leader. But I definitely, I definitely thought that that was gonna go. There were a couple of if I had to like say things about the movie that I did not. That I thought that I think maybe could have been changed is that it, I I did feel like the, the movie was so laden with um like uh, symbolism and with people's with with these like story threads and and themes that were sort of like not not followed through on, and that's not necessarily a problem, but it felt like I wasn't sure where the movie was gonna go, which was good, mm. but um I do think that there were several. Things that felt unresolved, just because it was like so thematically laden. Um, but I, again, I don't think it's a bad thing, especially what you were saying about it just being an earnest movie um, with these complicated characters who are who do some things right and some things wrong, and they're all of them are morally ambiguous at best. You know?
0: Yeah, I do agree with you. There's there's a lot going on, and maybe it's like some of it is kind of left as it is, but like. Maybe I'm just, like, I can, like, deal with, like, I'm okay with that sort of stuff, like, where some of it's sort of, like, similar to, like, I mentioned with, like, sort of the for-profit prison thing, where it's, like, that's just, it's sort of more of a vibe, if anything.
1: (laughs) That's true, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not really a plot point, it's just a vibe.
0: (laughs) The big thing I can, I, I wanted to, like, respond to where you're talking about, like, sort of the two groups and, like, this paternal aspect, I think... The main takeaway almost that I can get from this is, so you have the guy who's sort of like, you know, maybe he's sort of a hedge fund manager, who knows what he did before, but like, he's sort of built this group around that he eventually completely takes control of. He Before he wasn't really the leader, there was like a lot of different, you know, heads of state, as he says, when he p- dumps out their heads. Uh, <laughs> yeah but it's sort of this, you know, it's, it is meant to represent more of this, uh, capitalist, like I got mine, you know, type Mm -hmm. of feeling. And then it's set, it's set, um, to this other commune. That's like the way we're going to get through this together is about taking is by taking care of each other by learning to like, kind of forgive ourselves, you know? And so I I did that really connected for me. And that's kind of the, the earnestness that really connected with me and seeing kind of just seeing, getting a little taste of like some of the different characters that live in that reality, like really connected with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like, so, um, it was, like, heartbreaking whenever something would happen to that, like, this, like, beautiful little, like, community that they've built, which was, like, had to be, like, I don't know, half of a New York City block wide. I mean, it was, like, not very big, um, but they were all, like, sort of working together, and that was demonstrated several times throughout the movie where if someone endangered the the group, then they were, like, cast out, which Ray Liotta had a problem with. He was, like, you, you know... How can you call yourself this like community if you also are willing to just cast people away? Um, and that kind of held up his lone wolf like disposition um, and his worldview. But but yeah, no, I mean it was mm-hmm. like it, it was. I, I liked seeing the the movie that like very clearly was like uh, it was like juxtaposing this like. Uh, I don't know, I, again, I wasn't sure if he was like a white-collar criminal, but that was like the totally the vibe it, of this like... It, it
0: feels like it. So he's very modern, you know what I mean? He's like quipping and stuff like that. He's doing kind of like the 90s, like he reminds me of, uh, there's a lot of people, but sort of like uh, your diehard villains, or he reminds me of uh, in Under Siege, you have like Tommy Lee Jones. They're all like acting like, you know, these wacky you know, sort of guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah. I mean, he's it. super...
1: You know, he's, like, really flamboyant. Um, and, like, there's a part where he's, like, making these two guys fight. <laughs> and he's, like, we all paid to see this show. We all gave up our free time. And if you don't fight, it's going to be really boring. And I'm going to have to jump in and kill both of you. <laughs>
0: and it's yes. it's just
1: this, like, like queenie moment that he has that's, like, so... It's, like, so <laughs> so funny. I mean, there was a lot of queenie moments in this movie. And also, there were, there were no women at all in the entire movie which I thought was like such a wonderful choice um they easily you heard could here have
0: first no women in a movie wonderful choice it Adrielle. was <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> it's true though I mean like it's much better than if they were like I don't know. There was like one or two women who then were whatever, some stupid well, shit. They were murdered immediately, or like you know, assaulted. You know, well, what they, I mean? it's because
0: they have a separate women's prison island. You yeah, know, what I mean?
1: The the um, <laughs> the the sequel would be the like, what's going on on the women's island. <laughs> <laughs> That's going
0: to be the the modern version that people will get mad about or whatever. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah. No, it was awesome. I, lo- I really loved it. And I was like, about halfway through, I was like, I don't think there's going to be any women in this whole movie. And that fucking rocks. Like, they just committed. There weren't even any flashbacks. With There was no women actors or extras <laughs> At Hell all. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, McKenna commented on that before we watched the movie, but then once the movie starts, you're like, "Oh, it's because it's about like a men's prison island, so it makes sense." Totally. And actually, it connects too with the the paternal element because you talked about how like Ray Liotta Ray sort of this outsider guy, and he's sort of shown these two different worlds, and he he kind of like feels like your more typical like movie protagonist sort of characters, and he you know it's about him coming to side with this group uh, that's about like take care taking care of your brother almost your sons you know mm-hmm. like he even becomes a father figure himself for a moment you know so i i do like that like i think you know like you said it's a great choice like to make it to have it be like about you know men a- interacting with each other i guess yeah. lord of the flies does that a little bit too you know like yeah it's a it's a great use of that i guess
1: yeah i want i don't remember in lord of the flies like what the why they're all boys but regardless there's like a
0: boys school I think oh sure that's a different theme that's about how like British little British kids are psychopaths or whatever (laughs) we shouldn't trust the British (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a totally different thing for another day <laughs> no but I I thought it was great and I also really liked I mean because they easily could have been like I gotta get back to my wife and my kids or whatever you know but that was like not that was not the premise that was not the motivating mm-hmm. factor for anybody um and you know th- there was like one character who talked about like oh he's here because he he like murdered his wife but everyone thinks it was suicide and that was sort of ambiguous until the end when he's like she didn't kill herself and you're like oh okay so you did murder her <laughs> but mm. that's not like a huge um I mean it's not really a huge plot point um no so, it's, yeah. but it
0: does inform the character yeah the character a lot for sure
1: yeah no, um, I I thought it was great it was great and there were like little bits of like I mean, I, I'm completely, like, imposing this, like, h- homoeroticism, like, on this. Movie. I was gonna
0: say, there should have been <laughs> gay stuff, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so the there's one character that we haven't really talked about yet. Um, what was his name? Casey. Casey.
0: Casey, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Kevin Dillon's character, yeah.
1: Right, Kevin Dillon, who looks shockingly like Ethan Hawke every time I see him.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, he's a little baby in this.
1: Yeah, and he's like the most like the most '90s ass looking dude in movie. Like even on a like a desert island, he looks like he just like rolled out a Burger King. Like he's that kind of a dude. On <laughs> rolled his out of
0: Burger King. I love it.
1: <laughs> um, like he's just uh, so he plays this like like kind of like nubile like character who like only got here because he like accidentally participated in this like orchestrated crime that he didn't really commit you know Um
0: he was like the driver for like a kidnapping where the hostages got killed and and it, right. it plays into he's like sort of this like naive kind of guy you know he's like a young kid who's maybe impressionable that's why he takes to Ray Liotta so he thinks he's like a badass pretty much you know
1: Totally, totally, and he—he he is the guy from Newark. So I was like, "Aha!
0: <laughs> Kevin Newark Dillon guy. and
1: Keanu are hanging out in Newark before the kidnapping, mm. and then he got sent to the anyway. So it, it all checks out. There's really nothing to dispute this theory about the crossover. No, it's
0: a perfect theory, yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, he was the—he that—that seemed like the the most homoerotic stuff. But I think that it was just the this sort of, like, brotherly power dynamic. But there were... But again, I mean, I am keep going back to this because I love that you said this, but it's so earnest. Like, it doesn't try to hide this. Like, it has these, like, long, like, sumptuous shots of, like, Kevin Dillon, like, looking longingly at Ray Liotta. And it's, like, because he, like, wants him to be his, like, brother or friend or, like, dad. And, like, you know, it's just, like, they, they don't, like, try to hide this, like, earnest... I don't know. It's, it's it's certainly not a romance, right? And that's not implied. But it is like they don't try to like bro it up. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. It's it's played so well. I think like this idea of like he's he literally is following him around the camp, and but then eventually he follows him into trouble. It's like the you know so perfect.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. And you're like, no, nah, man. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Why did you go?
0: <laughs> we could go through some of the characters too. I think that would. That basically, because we kind of covered like broadly what the movie's about, but like it's really about just getting a taste of uh, each of these characters a little bit, especially Mm -hmm. the main ones. We're just sort of talking about Ray Liotta's character, but I obviously just wanted to like say something more about him because I, I think he's great. Like there's still a lot of his movies that I haven't checked out. Of course, you know, he's known for Field of Dreams and Goodfellas. And it it is, it is sad to like, you know, that he, that, that he's gone because it's one of those things where, I don't know, he's had such a wild career, like kind of all over the place, you know, like Mm
1: -hmm. I think my
0: first experience, like knowing who he was, was like playing Vice City (laughs) as a kid, you know, so uh, (laughs) I just want to say something special about him.
1: He was like always someone that's like, oh yeah, really? He's like the, you know, the uncle that you're like, yeah, yeah, he's around, he's around he might be mm-hmm. in this movie or he yeah. might be like hanging out by himself it doesn't matter Ray just chill and he's got such like a beautiful like he's got like beautiful eyes and like he just like got he, this like sweet it's... look about him
0: <laughs> yeah he's so perfect for this movie cause so this is a few years after Goodfellas which is like he starred in he was the main character and it's it's obviously like it's one of the greatest movies ever made I think but like I feel like this is was one of his shots to go for like leading man in sort of like a action or like you know blockbuster type role and that didn't really take you know he's done a ton of stuff though but it it is sort of like you get a glimpse watching this movie of, of sort of like what could have been you know I think he I think he would have excelled at that sort of thing
1: right I mean he's so dynamic um like as this character I think he was he was great right like if it was if it was like a Bruce Willis or something it would have been much more one-dimensional, I think, because mm. uh, Ray Liotta is so emotive, <laughs> and like he brings so a tenderness. Sh- yeah, 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 yeah. And there's so many shots of him like being in physical pain, and they're like, um, they're like, if it was slap, like if it was funny, it would be slapstick, because he's like rolling all over the place and like wincing, and it's like so uh, you like feel for the guy, and he's not like tough, you know? He's he's like hardened, but he's not like a tough. I don't know there's there's something about him that's so uh soft
0: (laughs) there's yeah there's like a vulnerability there for sure yeah um i found this quote actually i think it was on his wikipedia but like because there was a lot of people talking about like oh he he could have done this he could have done that and the quote i don't know if it specifically is in this context of like oh what could what else could he have done but uh because they were asking him about just like what's it like to play like I don't know, some like, it was like something in like a, something horror, like something like he's like a serial killer. I don't even remember, but the quote he said really struck me. Cause I, I don't know. I, there's some, there's a lot of quotes that I, I was sharing of him that I thought were very nice. And like, if it, it really shows you what kind of guy he was, but here he said, uh, you, you want to do as many different genres as you can. And that's what I've been doing. I've done movies with the Muppets. I played Sinatra. I did good guys, bad guys, I did a movie with an elephant. I decided that I was here to try different parts and do different things, and that's what it's really all about. That's what a career should be, and I love that.
1: Oh, oh, I'm gonna cry. I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, yeah. There's yeah. I just love how I don't know. There's a lot of great quotes of like you know just how thankful he was to work with Martin Scorsese, um, and you know, and all the people in that movie. Uh, obviously, I shared with you the one person who interviewed him saying like he wished that more people had seen this movie because it really shows off what he can do and I love that like people who like believe in themselves but are still like humble you know like I love that
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean this is a really I mean I thought this was gonna be like a big dumb action movie but it's not it's more than that yeah it's not a big dumb action movie at all. Like it's, it's like barely an action movie. I mean, it's not barely an action movie. That's not true. There, oh, there's, there's some action. <laughs> there's definitely some action, but that's not what I like. I wouldn't think of it as such. Like if I was describing it to someone, I wouldn't call it an action movie. I mean, it's more of like a, but it's not a drama either. I mean, that's part of I think why this movie probably didn't do super well is because it's not a drama. It's wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, and if you're marketing it as like a drama, that's it's not. But if you're marketing it as an action movie, like, it's also not really that either, which I love. I love that it's sort of, like, in between genres and, like, also, like, making political statements, like, about religion and about the future, you know, and about the penal system, you know, like, um so yeah. Yeah, yeah I like I think it, it's even if
0: it doesn't always 100% hit the mark, you know, it's like, um, for me, it pretty much does, so I don't even know why I am saying that. <laughs> but, right?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like it hits it pretty well.
0: <laughs> um, who else do we got? Well, I wanted to mention the war- the warden. I just like this. You you know how I like these kind of guys. This is a great uh, Michael Lerner, great <laughs> '90s character actor. Um, a lot of just like the whole movie is like a like a showcase of amazing character actors, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, we talked yeah. about <laughs> Walter Merrick who was played by Stuart Wilson um but then once you get into the actual gang that's that's where it really comes out out especially so we got the leader who's played the father played by Lance Hendrickson freaking legend obviously Bishop (laughs) in Aliens uh and then to get our connection he was the uh is Emile in Hard Target. He was the villain in Hard Target. He was?
1: Oh, Oh, yeah. okay. The guy going
0: ham on the piano, you know? (laughs) Which also, also a movie about, um, it's a little different, but they take it, you know, in that they take advantage of all these poor, you know, ex-veterans who are living on the street and hunt them for sport, you know? There's something about that, about like preying on your own, uh, citizenry that is mm-hmm. pretty disturbing and i guess in the early 90s was on a lot of people's minds <laughs> <laughs> but he was one of my favorite character in this movie he's in a million other things obviously he's one of my favorite characters in this movie uh so he's like kind of the leader of the the good group i guess and he's well he's like terminally ill he also brings i think a lot of tenderness to the role he kind of like gives all the people their hope and makes them kind of believe in themselves and want Mm -hmm. to want to live, you know? And, uh, I love that. He, I love the, you know, they had another guy say about him, like, I think he's the only innocent man here. And you just believe it by the way, you know, he sort of carries himself and treats everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We also had, um, Ernie Hudson, uh, who most people know from Ghostbusters, I guess. Uh, but many many things over the year as Hawkins. He's mm-hmm. like the chief of security. Also one of my favorite characters uh, because he's like the one who kind of most believes in this vision that the father has. And he's sort of, you know, he's... By the end of the movie, they're, you know, they have this realization of like, it's not actually about... Um, Ray Liotta staying back and like be- taking control but like giving it to this guy who you know really is the one he he was there he built that community and he I, I
1: loved that I loved that part of the movie
0: yeah and it it's just another case too I think he- this is another case w- well with all the actors this is why I love these type of guys because it's like these guys who are so great but they don't have you know they're not they're not like kind of the leading role, you know. They they wouldn't get that at this time, but like you really believe in them, you know. And I, I wish we got to see like Ernie Hudson and more roles like this. Maybe maybe there are, you know. I I'd, I'd like to explore more if that yeah. exists. <laughs> right. Well,
1: you certainly won't find them on Roku. But um, no, I I I loved that part of the. I loved that part of the movie. I'm also. I'm just. I'm like giggling because you're like, I love these guys. I love these guys, which is so true. I, I do classic. <laughs> Gooey fame. I just love these guys, these character actors. Um, Yeah, and like all of them, I was like, I've seen you in insert like really specific film that like doesn't even have anything to do with this, and it's like years later. Like um, uh, the warden, what was his name? Michael Lerner. Um, Yes. Yeah, I was like, you're you're an elf. Like (laughs) like, immediately, I was like, this bitch is an elf.
0: (laughs) He plays. He's in the the 98 Godzilla movie as um, um, Mayor Ebert, which is funny because he looks like Roger Ebert, who didn't like this movie, actually. But um.
1: He was also in My Favorite Martian, which I remember. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see. I look at that DVD at work all the time. I'm like, oh, I should watch this. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Um, yeah, no, they're all great. They're all and like, I, I think that. The, um, them all being these like character actors, like it adds such like dynamism to the whole, to the whole cast. Like all these people, you, you don't really have anything that you're expecting from them because, or if you are, then those expectations are immediately, you know, changed because the way that they act is like pretty unpredictable and pretty unique, um, and, like, the, the story doesn't, like, follow uh, an arc or insert stock characters at all. Like, I think that all of them are pretty... There are a couple, like, maybe archetypes, like, you know, again, like the father, right? And then there's this, like, guy who's, like, the rebellious son, right? Again, now I'm understanding the biblical reference. Thank you for outlining that. <laughs> um, it's all checking out now. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, I think that everybody has such... Unique performances, I think, in this in this movie.
0: And sort of the interplay of those three sort of characters, the main in that group really makes it work because you sort of have, you know, uh, the father kind of thinks we need like this new leader type. You sort of have like um, Ernie Hudson's character is like not as trusting of him, you know, but you you can tell it's for a reason because he really cares about these people. You know, I just love all that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think those three are sort of the core of it, or I guess I would say the three of it are really the father, uh, Hawkins, and then Casey, cause they, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas like Ray Liotta, he, he definitely has a lot going on, but I think you really feel it through how those three characters like interact with him, you know? Yeah. There's like, then the rest of the guys are sort of like, you just get a little bit, but you have like, uh, Dysart, who's the engineer, um, what's it, King... Who's like, well, the, yeah, he's he's sort of an archetype there. Where like, oh yeah, he's is the I th- I think it was in a uh, Roger Ebert's review I was reading about it, and he's like, it's like yeah, of course they would make like the annoying fat guy like the traitor, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: Although I um, will say that I thought he was like uh like a queeny fucking like I don't know I trusted him immediately. I was like, all right. This bitch is like has like a fan made out of feathers and is like, "Take your shoes off before you come into my house." I was well, like, exactly, "Oh yeah,"
0: but that's that's such the '90s thing. You're like, "Oh, we'll make the we'll make the like implied gay guy <laughs> the villain." I don't know. I
1: kind of liked it. Like I like that he didn't die. I like that he was actually the villain. <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I thought it worked for me. Where he's
0: like, "Oh no." And then the movie, again, another movie that just abruptly ends. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I mean, it ends with them like with several of, of them like commandeering a helicopter and like flying away presumably to like blow the lid off this joint. And then there's like one shot of like <laughs> of that guy whose name is King, I think, and yeah. um and the warden who have been in cahoots the whole time, um and they were like, No <laughs> And then the <laughs> movie's like over immediately.
0: They get their uh their comeuppance for sure.
1: Although I will um, say that that King was not like he he was also being taken advantage of by the warden because I mean he, it's kind of like one line, but he's like he promised me that I'd get out of here if I was a right, spy. Yeah, and so it's not like he's like, oh, actually, like I'm, you know, it's not. He's not like a crazed person who like believes in the cause or something. I mean, he's just he's as much of a victim as as the rest of them. You know,
0: the true villain is the warden, the the pri- the prison system, and maybe the the warlord chief guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the white collar, the (laughs) white
1: collar warlord, (laughs) who's also a cannibal. Uh,
0: Briefly want to mention to Stefano, the merchant, just a fun side character, gets him all the gum, I guess, at Christmas. And then you had uh, Killian, who makes like alcohol that looks like piss, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, another great like physical comedy or not comedy, but physical moment where Ray Liotta like takes a sip and then like almost like heels over and dies from like drinking this alcohol and it's it's really it's great (laughs) it's a great couple of seconds in the movie
0: (laughs) that reminds me too is like I like how Ray Liotta acts like with all these characters you know and and I think he says I forgot what he says to him when he tries to piss but it's like really funny and I I like he goes like guy to guy kind of like like he sort of like not fits in but he sort of like has like a sort of a You know, he starts joking around with all of them, you know.
1: (laughs) Right. It's kind of, um,
0: it's kind of like adversarial a little bit, but I, I, you know, I like how with some of them, like with, with Killian, he just kind of like is like, oh, this guy, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's part of why everybody trusts him is because he has this, like, he doesn't seem like he's trying too hard to impress anybody, but his agenda, he's a, he's like kind of a lone wolf, but his, but he also has a pretty strong, like, moral compass, although we're not totally sure what his motivations are, because we don't know that he has this, like, impetus to get off the island because of this, like, murder that he participated in, um, this government-sanctioned murder, you know, but he, um, I think that people trust him because he, he, like, just sort of is, like, honest with, with all the people, and that's part of why the father tells him, I want you to, like, take over for me, I want you to take over the, the, as the leader of the colony, and then as you were mentioning, um, when they're all like about to leave, um, and the father is dead, Ray Liotta tells, uh, Hawkins and he's like, Hawkins is like, what did he say before he died? And Ray Liotta's like, uh, he said that he wanted you to be the leader, which is not what he said. Um, I know. and I oh. just is, it just really got me. It really got me,
0: (laughs) because you think at first it's gonna be a movie about how like he's selfishly trying to escape, but then it's gonna be about him staying and defending, which he does do. It ends up being about him trying to escape to like tell the world about them, and I love that he like he does kind of uh, answer the call, you know, that (laughs) to help his uh, fellow man. Yeah, yeah. Which we knew, which we find out he had in him the whole time, because that's why he you know stood up or killed his. Uh, Commanding officer, which hell yeah, you should do that.
1: Hell yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We're here to tell you that that's what you should do. (laughs) You did, you heard it here first.
0: (laughs) I think that's okay to say. If they're doing war crimes,
1: I completely uh, agree. Kill them, (laughs) (laughs) I kill them, but don't get sent to this like penal colony. But then you have this kind of like communist like village that seems sort of kind of nice. Um,
0: seems pretty nice, unless you mess up and then they're like, uh, yeah. Get out of here, and then they have got to go, and you probably get killed by the other guys. So that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Going through and meeting all these different characters, some some of minor roles. It, you know, I, I love like all those little intimate moments.
1: I know I loved the Christmas scene. it's it just it's like so. I mean, again, to just briefly go back to the homoeroticism, it's like it 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 wasn't homoerotic, but there was this like, it just was so sweet. There was like this sweet community that like all of these like convict men like are participating in it's like the Christmas scene was just so it was like so sweet although I was wondering I was like how do you guys have like radio they're playing like Gloria Gaynor or something I was like what is this I
0: mean coconuts (laughs) have you seen Gilligan's Island
1: Okay, fair. <laughs> you, I got it. Just like the biblical references, you you explained it.
0: I'm <laughs> um, willing like to accept it. They showed like Dice Art like working on stuff. You know, I don't know. I don't know how they get it, but oh, yeah. they're saying like the other group makes like drops or something to the evil guys, and maybe they get oh, some right. of that. I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get supplies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they could have maybe shown
0: of, more of the day to day, the
1: details that didn't really matter. I was just sort of invested and sort of interested in them, but. They didn't. They didn't matter. It didn't detract from the movie to me.
0: <laughs> this could have been a mini series, you know.
1: Absolutely. If this was made now, this would be like a like totally a whatever a a six part like mini series where every episode is like two hours long. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> but that's what what happen.
0: <laughs> there would be no character actors in it either. It would be like you just did. You see their thing recently of like. Look at Bradley Cooper in this old man makeup or whatever Ugh. for some movie, and it's like, why? Why did you just hire an old man? Like we Come used to, on. we we used to make fun of that. Like it would be like in this episode of uh, Star Trek where it's like the character is in the future. We would be like, that that's like looks horrible. Why are you doing this? And I guess it's it's gotten a lot better now, but it's like, what? Yeah, just hire an old guy.
1: Just hire you know? an old guy. Yes, <laughs> God. Uh, um <laughs> but speaking of uh, speaking of bad makeup not bad makeup it was good makeup but the I did want to shout out that the um so many of their teeth were pretty inconsistent and I really liked that <laughs> and then, like sometimes there'd be shots of these like cannibals that had like perfect like white beautiful teeth uh-huh. like Walter did he like the white collar criminal warlord had these like beautiful fucking teeth <laughs> and then like there's beautiful like beautiful teeth Another person who's got like the most fucked up grill I've ever seen. And you're like, how are these? okay, okay. All right. I don't care, but it was noticeable. Um, so and I also mean, like
0: adds like a realness to it. Almost. Yeah, and the,
1: and the right the white collar criminal also had these pretty sick, like three piercings down his nose that like somehow looked like actually really badass. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> you should consider this. It looks good on you. <laughs> well
0: that's like it was awesome. If you're just looking at him, he looks badass. And then when he starts talking, you're like, What the fuck is this guy's deal?
1: Oh god, I I loved him. He was definitely one of my favorite characters. I, I really liked all the he was he was uh, one of my favorite characters because I got to I got to hate him and he did not have a lot of like ambiguity about him in a movie that was like super serious that had a lot of characters that were really complicated and that you cared about and this dude he was like this bitch is like <laughs> this dude we don't have to like care he, about we just get to hate him you know
0: He purely sucks yeah
1: yeah, but he was so fun to like have on, fun. on screen, you know, and that was awesome. That's the best kind where you, you hate him, but like you like seeing him. So that's I mean, I think he fucking nailed
0: it. So you like you said, like there's it's like so, there's sort of a drama element, but there are like a lot of big sort of set pieces in this that were really cool. Like I, I love the where he's like first escaping the outsiders. That was a pretty fun chase. And it ends in sort of this awesome stunt, this huge waterfall jump. Uh, which I was like, holy shit, when that happened, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just an awesome stunt and, and also like pretty brutal sometimes the movie gets like, yeah. there's some pretty brutal kills. And there's one in that scene in particular where like, well, he fights a guy early on and kills him and it's pretty brutal. There's also like this big spike swing that like, and there's a lot of impalement, you know, yeah, going yeah, on yeah. In I mean, imp-
1: primitive, primitive impalement.
0: Obviously like you had like the outsiders come and like siege their base. The first one is pretty cool. It's the second time though that's that's really like the standout one, because he convinces them all to kind of like give up the base. And so when then when they all rush in, you know, there's they blow it all up, and that that was a pretty awesome. Like they blew up the pretty much the set they were on. I think it looked like it.
1: It totally looked like it. Like I feel like because they only had one. I uh, this is how I assume this went down. Is that they had like one chance at this shot, and they blew up the entire set. But uh, you know they have to like, the the next scene like takes place on like a like one of the set pieces like one. Piece on the set that they're like standing on, and it's like that was definitely blown up in that shot.
0: (laughs) <laughs> they're like uh oh there's a little bit left yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it I get it the econ- economics of it I mean I just love that they blew something up oh
1: it was awesome that was one of my favorite parts yeah yeah there's a pretty sick beheading where he he beheads him but you don't realize that he does and then the guy's head just like rolls off to the side pretty
0: classic yeah yeah that was great a man is lit completely on fire and is on fire for a long time which yep. is cool
1: yeah he's on fire for a long time and like crawls face first like down the stairs I was like oh my god this <laughs> shit. This awesome scary scene.
0: <laughs> uh, different scene but i casey is like hooked up to this weird glass torture device at some point which is oh yeah pretty gnarly. he's got like
1: a collar made out of broken glass um yeah Oof. that that was disturbing and scary um and there were some uh, there were some good like just random like kills in the movie like Ray was was pretty good if i had to like say what his style was that he would, like, just sort of surprise them, like, run up and... Like, there was a guy who was, like, knife-throwing just sort of to pass the time, and then he just, like, ran up and grabbed one and, like, just threw it at him and then just kept on going, but, like, wasn't really particularly cool about it. He's just, he's very uh, efficient.
0: (laughs) He's efficient. He had a good physicality in this. I like, because, I mean, a lot of the casts we're dealing with aren't, like, action people but they they did have some very thrilling scenes involving all of them Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. they did a great they did a great job with that like yeah all all the scenes felt you kind of felt the drama in the action none of it felt hollow and then but then yeah they throw in some of that that is like where it's like there's all these things going on and on top of it it's like very violent which i love i Mm -hmm. love like a movie that goes all these different Directions and even with the, the violence, you know, they like yeah. really go there,
1: <laughs> yeah. They totally go there without it being like torturous, you know. Without it, like, I never felt like I had to look away. Um, but it was, I mean, that there were times that were so again, like, it's, it's a drama, but it's not a drama because there's a dude getting impaled on like a spike, right? So, <laughs> not really a drama, <laughs> but like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: there is all this like very there's like this tenderness and all this drama but then it ends with like walter getting yeah it completely impaled and it's like damn
1: <laughs> yeah classic classic just push it it's i was like this is this happened in i think oh it was that was how um saruman that's what i thought of immediately in two towers uh he gets
0: thrown off of a tower
1: yeah he gets thrown off a tower and impaled on a spike um and i was trying to think of some other ones i was like there's just i mean it's just a great way to go not for him but for us
0: <laughs> that reminds me of another theme that's in this movie which is sacrifice which you you had uh Casey sacrifice himself mm-hmm. to so that uh Ray Liotta could live and then also the uh the father does so in the end and uh so you you know it, it i guess it kind of all ties in with that theme of like you know, um, taking care of each other, like sacrificing yourself for the the betterment of everyone. It's
1: sacrifice, but it all that is combined a little bit with redemption, as this one guy says. Redemption fade out on his face, but <laughs> there yeah. is like when it, Ray Liotta was like about to get guillotined, which I was like, "Ooh, we have a guillotine in this movie. One of my <laughs> they bust favorites." Out a guillotine. I was like, "All right, <laughs> where have we been? Um, New and then, like, old."
0: Devices yeah. <laughs> of killing are in this, for sure.
1: Yeah, some, like, French Revolution stuff. Although it wasn't a public beheading, which, hello. Um, but the... Um, what He gets saved at, like, the last second by some random dude um, who then was like... He was like, why are you doing this? And he's like, redemption. It's like, hell yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what it does? it It gives you this idea that, like... Like, even beyond the characters, we know that this is something they all care about, you know?
1: Right. Right. I do I think that, that um, I, I, uh, for a second, thought that it was his cellmate from the beginning, purely because they both had Australian accents. And I was like, is it that dude? Because his face is all mangled and fucked up. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. But it was not that guy. It was just another guy who was also Australian. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, yeah, Damn yeah. There's,
0: <laughs> there's some Australian representation in this, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, his original cellmate is Australian, and he's also awesome. I was like, I, w- I wish that guy was in more of the movie. He was cool.
0: Yeah, he had he had that face. <laughs> I appreciated that. Of just, like, yeah, another, like, oh, this is a guy. This is a real this, guy. This is
1: a fucking guy. The whole movie was just full of fucking guys. <laughs> Literally so, yeah. and figuratively.
0: Random guys. I forgot to mention... um. The father had like sort of this like bodyguard character who does no lines. <laughs> You're right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he did. I forgot about him.
0: Um, he was cool though. I yeah, I guess that there's sort of like this uh Asian sort of stereotype of like like ins- being inscrutable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I think that plays into that a little bit because he's sort of like you know like you. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have a lot of lines, but like they do like you do kind of get a good feel for the character. I like I like when Ray Liotta like coming up to help the father and that guy's laying there and he's like giving him a little sign of like,
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: don't come up. And you're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's work. fucking cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. He seems like a real like like a stuntman or like an act, a, a seasoned stuntman or actor who's been in some other things because he he was definitely like he's been around the block before in the movie and in life, you know, <laughs>
0: we already said like it doesn't really leave behind much of a footprint, you know, like it, mm-hmm. I think it like barely made its but budget back. It got like mixed reviews at the time. Like I think it's sort of one of those ones where it it's kind of become like sort of a hidden gem. But uh, it did get it did get some like Marvel. I think did like a comic miniseries based on it. And I I sent you the video for that uh Genesis game or no, it's on Genesis and Super Nintendo. There was like yes. a video game made out of it. Yes. I was like oh my god, like sixteen bit uh Lance Henderson
1: <laughs> Yes I good. I I watched the first like whatever 15 minutes of it um and it is the the first like the first the intro of the video game it's just like a shot by shot <laughs> like uh like representation of the film which i thought was awesome cuz i had just seen the movie and then i was like oh my god it's like literally just the same story that they're just like showing visually <laughs> it was pretty awesome
0: yeah i was i was looking like later on because you know, it's like, well, what happens then? It definitely, it definitely gets out there later because it's like, you know, how much of there is th- is there to make into a video game? You know? Oh, really? Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, it's not just like a, they're not just gonna walk around the camp and talk to people. <laughs> or I whatever. just,
1: I guess you're right. I just assumed that it would just continue to follow the exact plot of the movie because that's what it was. That's what it was doing for the first 15 minutes, and I was like, okay, well, they're going to have this fight scene and this fight scene, and then they're going to leave on a helicopter at <laughs> the end.
0: It can't be that good, that's for sure. It doesn't look very good. But. It
1: looks pretty It looks pretty bad. <laughs> I'm sad to say. I really wanted to be like, oh my god, a, another hidden gem, but no, I don't think the video game is a hidden gem. I think that the, the film is the only one.
0: So yeah, not like a yeah, not like a big hit. I I sort of get it too looking at that era, you know, you have like all these other crazy blockbusters that easily connect with people a lot more. So mm-hmm. but um for me, I I think for all the reasons we said, like I think it really it really stands the test of time, I think. It really like holds up for me in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, it totally holds up. I recommend this movie. I totally recommend this movie. This movie does whip ass, although in a, in a sweet and tender way.
0: <laughs> Some tender ass whipping.
1: <laughs> That's what I've signed up for.
0: <laughs> um, any other? Yeah. Any other final feelings? I don't
1: think so. I think that we covered it pretty well. Um, I I think that I, I I recommend this movie to to anyone. It was a, really a surprise. Um, it, it was not a big dumb action movie. Um, it was something much more interesting. Although. Let us know if you want to watch it because there's no place to find it. So you have to go to your local library or maybe like the Library of Congress to like find a copy of it.
0: They'll give you like a really bad early DVD version of it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I wonder if there are like some scenes that have been like taken out, although I can't imagine what would be, but it seems like that kind of movie.
0: (laughs) Well, or if you want to watch it, get a hold of me. I'll I'll send it to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gooey's good for it. He's good for it.
0: Well, great! This is yeah another great movie. I th- I think so far we've gotten two kick ass movies. So jury is still out on Avatar, but we're actually gonna get to it next month, unless anyone, uh, I don't know, cool passes away, then we might have to honor them too. But definitely <laughs> yeah. rest in peace to Ray Liotta. Yeah, man, he's a legend. Yeah,
1: um, and a great a great movie and a really good representation of uh all the all the all the sides of him, you know.
0: Truly, yeah. He is the glue that holds all these characters together. And mm-hmm. he's perfect in this.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for Avatar. Again, another totally different movie. We went from a like a movie that like had two main female uh characters and like a kung fu like action movie to a movie that had no women in it and it was actually like a tender, like violent drama on a desert island. So so far our repertoire is pretty uh, varied.
0: Well there's for sure some women in Avatar, so that'll That's be exciting. True. <laughs> I like seeing women.
1: Let's find another movie that has no women in it. I like not like Let's not even only one. talk
0: about movies with no women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna look that up and see what else. There's, there can't be that
0: many. <laughs> I think they've had their due. <laughs>
1: <laughs> enough. Enough. Enough screen time for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right well with that um i suppose we should get out of here <laughs> yeah we'll get out
1: of here go back to uh all of our construction surrounding us <laughs> whatever else we have to do
0: all right well we will see everybody day. next month i guess
1: yeah here sounds good bye bye
0: wish she had done me that way
1: sleeping under a table in a roadside park A man could wake up dead But it sure seems warmer than it did Sleeping in our king's eyes